The team here at Anthems have a podcast suggestion for you that we think you're going to love. Hashtag Queer AF. Now, just like Anthems Pride, Hashtag Queer AF is a podcast giving a platform to queer voices to tell their stories. It's a project by National Student Pride, and it pays LGBT plus students, reporters and graduates to make the show and helps them get their crucial first audio commissions with their own queer stories. Hashtag Queer AF delve into questions like, can you be single, queer and happy? And do you need to get a queer haircut to be a real queer? The show has been nominated for not one, not two, but four British Podcast Awards. And there are four whole seasons available. So plenty of incredible stories from young LGBT plus people for you to catch up on to keep the conversations of Pride alive all year round. I'm about to play you the first half of an episode of Hashtag Queer AF. You'll hear Eve Hartley speaking to her mum for the first time about the differences in their sexuality, identity and coming out journey, just weeks away from her mum's gay wedding. To listen to part two, search hashtag QueerAF in podcast apps everywhere and you're looking for the first episode of season four. everyone finds it difficult to, to, to do that coming out thing, whether you're a, a really young person mm-hmm. or whether you're much older and the context in which you're coming out is, is different. But I think everybody finds, finds that difficult. In just a few weeks, my mum is getting married to her same-sex partner. But before she does, I want to chat to her about how we got here. It was kind of unusual, and I think it was it was sort of unusual on two fronts, because when I entered into the same-sex relationship and then made that public, so that was my coming out, if you like, I was really aware that my life would change forever and that people would view me differently, even though I wasn't a different person. I've never had a frank and open conversation with her about sexuality, which can sometimes feel really odd. I just want to ask her what it was like when she came out 20 years ago while I was still a child, what sacrifices she had to make, if any, and how she felt when I, her daughter, came out as a lesbian. Was it it a big decision? I I don't, I don't obviously remember anything around this. I don't know how, I don't know how old I was at this moment when, when you realised. It was quite a big decision, and and the decision wasn't just for me. My ex-husband worked in the same organisation as me, so I I was aware that there there might might well be comment, you know, um, from from that. And the other aspect of it was more about um, my children. So So me. (laughs) You can refer to me in this, by the way. This week on Hashtag we have quite a special episode for you. Not only because it's the first episode of season four, but as we reach 15 years of National Student Pride this year, we've asked an old volunteer, journalist Eve Hartley, to produce her first ever podcast for us. She's undoubtedly queer AF, and frankly, leads AF. Growing up, she split her time equally between her divorced parents, alternating between her mum and dad's houses each week during her childhood. Her mum fell in love with a woman who would later move in with them to the family home. But she's never spoken to her mum about coming out and what that meant for her mum. Well, it's not something I guess I've ever talked to you about. It's always just been a fact, a 
fact of your life, really, hasn't mm. it? In I guess fact. that's what's nice about this is that it's kind of an opportunity to be able to sit down and make time to talk about something like this that I wouldn't normally ask you about, really. And classic Eve. Now she's got started, she wants to hear it all. I've always been quite curious. Like obviously, I'm a journalist. I'm always quite curious about family history and things that have happened. So I do like to hear all the nitty-gritty bits and just kind of piece together what's kind of happened. That's this week's episode of Hashtag Query F. I'm Jamie Wareham. Shall we grab a Prosecco? So naturally, I think if we're going to do this, alcohol is going to have to be involved. Oh, careful, because it's good in my mouth. Excellent. I didn't want it to spill because I was going up and down the stairs on the tube. So my mum makes a journey down from Scotland to visit me and I swing by her hotel armed with a bottle of Prosecco. We chatted for the first time about coming out, how my mum developed a complex relationship with Pride and what her same-sex wedding happening in just a few weeks means to her. A lot of people laugh when I tell them I don't remember my mum telling me she was gay. So that's where we started. Obviously, somewhere down the line, it became apparent that it was a relationship and you guys were together. I mean, you probably did tell me, but I just didn't take it in at the time. I don't remember a feeling like it was unusual. I don't know if you remember more about that reaction at that point. And I I really don't have strong memories about, about that moment in time and... And what happened, really? Yeah, I do remember talking to you both about it. You were both very young, mm-hmm. um, so I think you would have been about five or six, maybe, maybe even slightly younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and your brother was obviously slightly older. Um, and I do remember having a conversation at a very basic level, which, which was something along the lines of, "Look, you know, how would you feel about it if?" you know, um, Chris moved in with us. Actually, I think I remember that. I think I remember that's how you put it. It was like, how would you feel if, if Chris was in the house? I think, I, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I, I did sort of say, because we're, you know, we're in a relationship together, We you know, mm-hmm. we want to be together. But I didn't, I don't think I went into any more specifics at, at that point. And the response from your brother, who, who was just a little bit older, you know, he, he kind of said... Oh well, as long as you're happy, mom, it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. fine, and you know we like Chris, and 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 it's it's fine, and you were just that little bit younger, but you you didn't you you seem to be mm. kind of completely. I think with okay. kids, I don't know. Like obviously, I've not got kids, but I, I feel like with kids, there seem to be a, there's a level of understanding and more acceptance. Um, and my my uh, perception of young people now is that that they're so much more accepting of difference and of, you know, um, just people that have idiosyncrasies or, you know... Do you, um, do you think it would be easier if you came out now? Like, you're saying you came out, what, like, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Do you think now, if you did it now, you, you it would feel more comfortable? Um, I, I would like to think so, but I still see the challenges that young people, young gay people and... and older gay people and you know and others with you know with differences um I still see the challenges that those people I I guess like personally on your own journey would you feel I don't know like would you feel more comfortable doing it now like if you were the same person say me and Matt were older and you just hadn't met Chris yet you hadn't met anyone 
until now, until me and Matt were obviously old enough and grown up and moved out and everything. Do, do, and you've obviously moved back to Scotland and life's a bit more different. Do you think you'd feel better then, like, as opposed to now? I think, well, I think if, if you relate it to anybody's coming out experience, everybody's journey's different. But everybody, everybody, I think, not, not, I'm sure it's not without exception, but when I was entering into the relationship with Chris... I thought about it very carefully, not, as I say, not just from my own perspective, but because I worried about whether you guys would be impacted by it. I didn't want you to be bullied at school Mm. um, as a result of anything I did. I didn't want the neighbours not to be talking to us as a result of, you know, us Mm. being in a same-sex relationship. I didn't want um, my ex-husband to, you know, to to perhaps... um, uh, you know, pursue legal action to have you taken away from me because of, you know, because mm-hmm. I was in a same-sex relationship. So I did think about it very seriously and I thought about it in some depth. I took some legal advice and, you know, I kind of went through and, and did all the kind of due diligence things that, that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily do if you were just entering into mm-hmm. another straight relationship just because I felt that there was a there was a, it, there were more complexity around it. That's really interesting. And then in terms of that, how did it feel when obviously I came out as gay and you realised, I don't know, like how did, that must have been a nice feeling. Yeah, it, it was a nice feeling. But it, the, the, the best thing of all was that you were able to tell us that you were who you were. Um, and, you know, um, I, I guess anyone who is a parent might have an inkling um at some point that their child mm-hmm. may you know m- might might be have a tendency towards being gay or or you know or bi or or whatever um but obviously you know um a child is entitled to their personal life and to their personal growth and development and so it was never anything that that I wanted to ask you know um, I just felt and I think I remember you saying to me once it's something that kind of stuck with me when you just said look I don't care if it's a, a boy girl whoever in between as long as they're nice to you and they treat you really well and that stuck with me and I, I don't think many parents mm-hmm. especially at that point tell their children that enough mm-hmm. um, so I think that experience of having a parent who'd maybe gone through some of the difficulties and navigated through all of these complexities of entering a same-sex relationship really helped in terms of my coming to terms with who I am and also just knowing that you would just accept me um, first and foremost. And there's never any question in my mind that I would accept, you know, whatever path you wanted to go down. I don't think there was ever any question that that I would have supported you doing that. I did, I did worry slightly because I knew that I had, about the challenges that I had been through and we've had we've had abuse shouted at us in the street we've had you know we've had people you know saying things at work we've had you know mm. the, you know so you know I was aware that that was all kind of a, around I worried for you mm-hmm. um you know that that you would have to sort of experience some of that because of who you are and it does and it's yeah it is all around us and and that is that, that's interesting that you thought that because I'd, I'd not really thought about that point of view before um, in terms of you being a parent who's experienced something that I may have experienced um, and how that would kind of impact me. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I was brought up, the world was really quite a different place. 
So I guess it was sad for me, although not that surprising considering the generation gap, to hear that my mum found it difficult to come out to my grandparents, her parents, more than anyone else. When I did come out and I got together with Chris telling my parents, even as a, an adult, you know, who's, you know, an older adult, was really quite a difficult thing. Uh, and how did that conversation go? I don't think I've ever asked. Oh, it w well, I, I think I tackled my mum first because I thought she might might be easier to talk to. Um, and um, her first reaction was, oh dear, I, I, I was worried you were going to tell me that. But eventually, you know, over time, and I think my mum must have told my dad actually because I don't really remember having a conversation with my dad. Although my, my, my dad did have a conversation with Chris a couple of months after I think we got together and, and where where they had a kind of in inverted commas man to man chat <laughs> and, and kind of you know they, they, they sort of sorted a few things out and um, I think basically my dad said you better look after her and you know Chris said I promise I will and you know that was the that was the sort of context of the conversation um, that that to me actually even come you know the coming out of work I mean that that it was felt like it was dealable with it would I knew it would blow over and it would be yesterday's news you know and you know the the, the, the stuff around you and, and your brother and there, there were things I could put in place to mitigate and manage any risks that are, are around you guys mm -hmm. but you know with your own mum and dad uh, it, you know it was and because they were older too uh, and so traditional I did find it quite hard after the break Eve chats to her mum about having to learn about being a member of the LGBT plus community much later than her Eve was able to work it out as a teenager and put that into action as a young 20-year-old at uni, which is how we first came across her at National Student Pride. But what's it like developing a relationship with Pride when you're much older? Eve gets that perspective from her mum before she gets married in a beautiful ceremony in Edinburgh. Try not to be Bridezilla. I don't know if you can be Bridezilla when you're... When you're um you know, in a same-sex relationship. You but... can. <laughs> We've got it all on the show. So that clip was from the first episode of season four, and it was just the first half of Eve's story. So there's a whole second part for you to get your teeth into. And if you want to listen to the rest, all you have to do is search hashtag QueerAF in podcast apps everywhere, look for the first episode of season four, and check out all of the amazing other episodes that they have available. That's hashtag QueerAF. 